Hey, welcome to another episode of On the Hill. I am Nick Richards, creative director here at Hillside Community Church. I'm sitting across from Pete Chiafalo, pastor at Hillside. We're going to get into some of the questions that you had about last Sunday's uh, sermon. We're still in the topic of prayer, moving into the Lord's Prayer. Going to continue moving into it this next Sunday. Um, so we'll just open up with one of the first ones that was sent in for uh, this past Sunday. Um, so the question reads, how do you reconcile petitionary prayer with God's sovereignty? Do you want me to stop there? Do you want me to do the full thing? <laughs> do we really influence God's will or do our prayers become a part of God's will? That's the full scope of it. So, okay. which is a, <laughs> we might just sit here for the whole episode, but yeah. Yeah, that's a hard question. And I think everybody struggles with that. I don't think anybody has this. Yeah. We can give an intellectual answer to that. Right. But existentially, we are wrestling with that mm-hmm. every time we come before God yeah. to pray. Here's what we can say about it. Okay. And what I think we say about it is enough for me. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, right. I can't speak for anyone else. It's yeah. enough for me. Yeah. Uh, the scriptures present God very, very clearly as someone who wants to be approached and asked. Mm. Okay, that's a given. Yeah. It also presents a God who is affected by mm-hmm. prayer. Right. Okay. We have at least two occasions where God is said to have changed his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hezekiah is probably the cleanest, it's the superior one. Okay. Where he, and that one I'm not as familiar with as the, is it Moses? Yes. I'm familiar with the Moses one. Hezekiah, what's, what so happens So in Hezekiah, there? remember in chapter 19, he's great king, mm-hmm. served God very well in yeah. second Kings 19. Okay. So you get his story. Yeah. And then in chapter 20, he's, well, he's ill. Okay. And Isaiah comes to him in uh, chapter 20 of okay. second Kings. And says, uh, yeah, it's just, it's time for you to die. I mean, I've been talking to God about it, and it's time for you to go. Okay. And Hezekiah, it says, fell apart emotionally. Mm. He's wept bitterly. And he says to God, you know, we have, I mean, he basically, in essence, says, you know, God, we have a history. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to go. Okay. And I would love, you know, based on our connection, mm-hmm. our history. Yeah. I want more time. I want more time. Wow. And God says, literally, um, okay, I'm going to give you more time. And then he said, I'm going to give you 15 years. I'm going to give you 15 more years. Wow. There you go. Right there. That's the cleanest one. Yeah. I think there's very little arguing with changing the mind. You Mm -hmm. can argue a little bit with Exodus 32. Yeah. But here's the beautiful thing about Exodus 32. Even if you argue, and commentators do, Mm -hmm. That you know Moses is up, you know, receiving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Right down below, our people are, uh, you know, they, they create the cow, <laughs> right. you know, the yeah. golden calf, and worship it. And there's an orgy. It's 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 about as unholy a moment mm-hmm. in Israel's history. Yeah. God's beside himself yeah. and decides, I'm going to destroy these people. Mm-hmm. Well. Moses appeals to God right. on all the things you would. I mean, you get this real reasoning with God, mm-hmm. like, mm. God, let me walk you through the situation. <laughs> right. 
these are your people, number one. Yeah. You, you just rescued them. Do you mm-hmm. really want to kill them? Do you know what the Egyptians will say about you? If you, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. He rescued him and then he wanted to kill him in the wilderness. That's all. And then, uh, you know, you made promises to Abraham and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, God, you, you, you can't do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then the scriptures say, and God relented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As if God changed his mind. Right. Now, commentators will argue that God was never going to change his mind. He was Waiting pulling Moses in. Yeah to that will and making mm. sure Moses had it. Yeah. You could argue that. Yeah. But here's the beautiful thing about our Bible and the literature. Mm. The literature, the story presents God as someone who was influenced yeah. by prayer. We don't know how. We don't mm. know to what degree exactly. But the influence is there. But the influence is there and God's willing to be seen as someone who mm. changed his mind. Yeah. I don't care if he right. was ever going to really do it or not. Yeah. Okay, so you have both those stories going on. Hezekiah almost, I don't see how you can argue right. anything other than God changed his mind, giving yeah. you more years. Yeah. Um, so that's the picture. And, and here's, the, here's the final thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever, however God's sovereignty is pictured yeah. in Scripture— it doesn't seem to uh, it doesn't seem to be contrary to the idea that he's able to respond to the prayers of people and somehow his character or his purposes are diminished mm. in any way yeah. if he does answer those prayers or change those minds. Yeah. Overarching purposes of God, mm-hmm. they're unchanging. Yeah. But in these small interactions and right. things like that, I don't think so. So in a previous sermon, you had mentioned the experiential knowledge of God with Abraham taking his son up. Like he knew that that was going to happen, but experiencing that was a different type of knowledge for God. That's exactly That's right. That's such a, uh, I don't know, large concept for me to walk into, to think about God's knowledge as having to be experiential because of who he is. But I think in the subject of prayer, that is a very uh, vivid example of experiential knowledge versus I know that you're going to like, cause I think the question comes up like, well, God knows what I'm going to pray for. Why do I need to pray at all? Right. I think that gets thrown around quite a bit. Right. And there's a couple things that go into that dynamic, whatever the dynamic is, I'm never told mm-hmm. I should, I should really be concerned about whether or not I interact with God because he's going to do what he wants to anyway. I'm never told that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. In any setting, I'm not told that. I am mm. told to approach God like a father yeah. and ask him things. Mm. And the dynamic of asking yeah. in any relationship, if you put that dynamic mm-hmm. in the relationship, yeah. when you ask me something, you put me in a situation where I have to, I, an opportunity arises for me to act mm-hmm. or right. not act. Right. On that, yeah. that dynamic is extremely personal, intimate, and mm-hmm. God wants that dynamic mm-hmm. yeah. going on. Let yeah. me let me throw this out Go to you. It. One of the reasons I love science, and and you know, I, I was talking Sunday about how quantum physics, you know, mm-hmm. in the smaller molecular world, then you got you know the whole cosmology and strong mm-hmm. uh, English degree is going to do as good as I can to <laughs> to keep up with this conversation. <laughs> okay, so now you have. Um, in the in the smaller world, it's the mystery is beyond comprehension okay. because you have particles, quarks. You've heard of those. Mm-hmm. They're 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 operating in ways that are completely mystical. 
And so one of the beauties of the smaller molecular world, which by the way, make up all Everything. the real world we right. see, yeah. which is very linear, very visible, mm -hmm. very yeah. clear, cut and dried reality that we live in. Right. That's the world we're praying in. Yeah. But but what makes up that reality is 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 what I would call, <laughs> you know, uh, Gillian calls it weird. Mm. There's weird stuff going on. Electrons are doing things. Yeah. They're 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 spinning counterclockwise and clockwise at the same time yeah. until you observe them. Right. When you observe them, they only do one. So your influence on that mm -hmm. molecular world is really- Changes how it responds. Changes how That's it responds. bizarre. It's bizarre. There's so <laughs> many bizarre things going on. And what you have is we have this very clear world we think God lives in. Mm -hmm. God operates way outside of yeah. this world. And quantum physics constantly reveals there's a mystery and mm -hmm. things going on multiple ways yeah. that God can act in our world yeah. without diminishing himself. He's mm -hmm. just so beyond right. that he can answer prayers without altering yeah. his- oh, without, That's fascinating without, think in the quantum altering, realm as it, an answer to a prayer that is ob absolutely not visible or altering like what you're saying. That's right. That's, that's why. <laughs> and it leads- My brain hurts. It, it, forces, yes, it forces scientists to admit the world is not just physical. There's things yeah. operating at levels hmm. that are, are way beyond physical. That's well, point. imagine God in a world like that. Yeah. Imagine him, as the scriptures present, big enough mm -hmm. to answer our prayers, not alter his- Plans, yeah. Engage us personally, right? Be impressed upon us to do something that he might not do unless we asked, mm. and it doesn't alter anything. Yeah. Our worlds are so linear. We right. think God can't answer a prayer mm. without sort of, pardon this, screwing up everything he's right. got going on in the world, yeah. and that's just not the case. Or answering it in such a way that we see a visible representation of the answer. I think that's it. like we are such finite beings in our zero to a hundred understanding, our death to life understand or life to death understanding of the world that anything outside of that scope is beyond how we could uh, understand how God's answer is working. I think it's the end of the day. You know, I said Sunday, failure to pray is a failure to treat God as God. Yeah. Well, one of the powerful realities of that is I fail to treat Him as somebody who can act on my behalf mm. and still be sovereign. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are you big enough, God, mm. to do that? Are you capable yeah. of doing that? The scriptures present us with a God mm. who, who is. Yeah. And I go into prayer with that. We have yeah. to go into prayer with that yeah. mindset. Yeah, that was quite the, to treat God as God. There's certain things about prayer that have been said throughout my lifetime to help me better understand it, but I think that alone, the relational stuff that we talked about last week, but treating God as God, you ask the question, who do you think you're talking to when you go in yes. there? My gosh, sit in silence and wrestle with that question. That's, That's a right. hard thing to wrestle with. Oh my goodness. Um, I have that written in big letters, red <laughs> ink in my thing because yeah. it makes me think about it. I'm a, and since, since, since I thought of that, mm -hmm. since that thought hit me, that's what I think of when I come into prayer. Who, awesome. who am I talking to? Yeah. Well, this is our, there's also a God that the scriptures present as big enough mm -hmm. to um, to handle it, to, to, to deal with it all. Yeah. My requests, his ultimate purposes, mm -hmm. reality as I know it versus 
reality and others, you know. Until Einstein, we had three dimensions. And then he brings in, oh, well, time is a dimension too. So space-time is now a fourth dimension. And scientists believe there's a whole lot more. There's things going on in that (laughs) world. And what I'm saying is God's big enough. Yeah. We, We can't just view him as this, put him in a box. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Treat him as God, somebody who can be moved and wants to be moved. Mm. That to me, if God says, ask me, he Mm. wants to be moved. Yeah. Okay, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, James says, availeth Mm. much. Now you say, what's availeth mean? Well, that's the King James version of (laughs) it's effective. Yeah. It does something. Yeah. All the things it does, I can't compute. All I'm saying is there's a big enough universe Mm -hmm. that that could be massive. Yeah. Okay. Lots of things. Yeah. And and I we gotta the Bible says coming to prayer with that Mm -hmm. attitude, not the one that says, Well, God, you're gonna do it anyway. Right. Not the one that says, God, you can't do this. Yeah. Or God, if you if you want to, that type of attitude that seems fairly like distanced from the request, anyways. Right. Yeah. Let me ask another question. Um This one, what should we make of the Psalms where the prayers of David may not feel as reverent as we expect? I think (laughs) uh, there are a lot of Psalms. David is very just honest, emotionally uh, influenced potentially, situationally influenced, where he is just honest. He doesn't come to God with kind of like a neat bow and like affect his language. He might have but he doesn't necessarily filter all of his language. It seems very evident that he is just being uh, himself with God. Right. And I think that's the key. You know, we'll probably talk about this a little bit in the coming weeks. It's hard not to bring up Psalms, which is sort of the prayer book Mm -hmm. and worship book of of our scriptures. And yes, we do learn a lot about what prayer is. And I do think our, our sort of, simplistic approach mm-hmm. in this sort of, um, I don't know, less, maybe it's just less personal. Yeah, you know, David good, is yeah. just really sharing his heart. Mm-hmm. I think there has to be a time in your prayer where you share your heart. I prayed, um, I had a conversation with God two days ago that started out with, uh, I am really annoyed by something. God, I'm really annoyed by this. And what I think you, what, what I know you want me to do in this situation mm-hmm. is not what I want to do. <laughs> right, yeah. And then the prayer was just, help me want that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Just help me want it. Yeah. Because I don't want it, but I don't want to, I don't want to lie to you and let you think for even one moment, mm-hmm. even though you know, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Right. And it's annoying to me. Yeah. And it felt good to say that to mm-hmm. God. The whole time I'm saying it, I know in my head, but I know what I have to do about that. Yeah. Yeah, because if you would have just approached God help me in the way that I'm approaching this scenario, that doesn't uh, recognize as much in yourself the reason why you're asking for help. And I think that part of the prayer, when we approach God and say, this is what I'm dealing with and this is the way that I want to respond and these are the things that I'm feeling, it helps us to self-reflect a little bit on what we're willing to. That's right. I mean, immediately I have something to confess. Yeah, that's right. I shouldn't be annoyed. I don't want to be. An, I don't want to be annoyed by mm-hmm. this, but I am. Yeah, so it's just a court of an honesty. Well, the Psalms are constantly teaching us 
how to emote before mm. God, how to reflect on our lives before God, what to say to God, and and there's there's just nothing off yeah. off limits. But when I do it, I'm able. I hear myself out loud say that mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm emoting, but I'm also at the same time I'm saying it, and I hear David too, and you almost see all the Psalms sort of make have this they have a movement, have this moment of turn yes, right. where David has. You know, vomited. Yeah, but uh, he's vomited emotionally, verbally. Um, I mean, just multiple ways. Yeah, and yet always finds himself knowing where he's going to end up. Mm-hmm. You know, the reverence and is never lost. It's never lost in that. And, yeah. Um, but the but the personal and the intimate side of the dynamic um, becomes. Mm-hmm really important, I think. Yeah. So we do have to tease that out a little more. Hopefully we can do that in the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, this upcoming week, maybe a little bit, we'll tease out a little bit more about what that looks like so yeah. that our prayers don't get wooden and you, you hear mm-hmm. yourself saying the same thing all right. the time. I mean, that's yeah. something we don't want to do. I wouldn't want to do that with you right. in a relationship. Yeah. You wouldn't want to do that with me either. Yeah. I've got to figure out what am I going to talk to Nick about today? Right. He's going to get really annoyed if it's the same thing we talked about. Yeah, you know, well, so, and you can feel that tension in a relationship when there is that. When you like default, almost the only thing that you know will be kind of common ground, or like uh, it's the small talk thing. Right. I guess that's a good way of looking at yeah, it. it. It's small talk, getting past the small talk with God. That's right. Defining what small talk feels like in our heads, what it looks like when we when we think about prayer. Um, well, I guess at the end of the day, maybe we can stop with this or sure. we'll go all day. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more freedom in conversing with God than we give mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. And so because we have this limited idea of how we're supposed to talk to God, mm-hmm. um, it, it's not enticing and engaging enough of a conversation to make us want to do it yeah. regularly, yeah. you know. I have one more that I can throw at you. Okay. Um, and this this may be a, a simple answer given kind of all of the ways that you've talked about prayer the last two weeks and in both of these episodes, but uh, what do I do when I find myself in a place where prayer doesn't feel like it does anything? Kind of touched on right. some elements on this, but maybe just address that specifically. Well, I think it's... Um... I don't know that it's possible because I have moments, you know, myself where I don't mm-hmm. know if this conversation went anywhere. But yeah. that's very true with um, um, any conversation that I have. Sometimes you'll walk away from an actual conversation with a person and go, mm-hmm. I don't know that that went anywhere. Yeah. You know, we've we've all done that. Mm-hmm. But the conversation is still meaningful and needed to happen. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably tease out a little bit of this in the coming okay. weeks. But I think with any good relationship, sometimes you feel really connected and, and sometimes you mm-hmm. don't. And there are times when we will wonder, yeah. you know, was anything said here meaningful? Yeah, That's a very, very normal, mm-hmm. natural feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some ways to combat that. And it's not just to imagine that prayer always has to end with me feeling something. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes it's not that at all. Mm. It's that we talked. It's that I showed up. Yeah. It's that I shared this. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the what I want to feel in this moment doesn't have to be now. Right. It can be maybe the next time I come to you with it, mm-hmm. I'll send something. Yeah. You know, the lag gives us something. Yeah. You know, to still anticipate. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember if it was in a sermon that you had given or just in a conversation that was being had, or even if it was here at all, um, but just about the difference between a parent that's passing away and two children. And one kid goes and sits in the, they can't converse. One kid goes and sits in the room with the parent every single day for the last you know month of their life. And the other doesn't. And what, there's nothing that's really happening. It's just the presence that's making it an even more intimate relationship. And that may be a little bit of a, a misrepresentation of the actual story that was told, but the idea is the same. Being just there. Just being there. Yeah. Um, in prayer, you know, you might not feel anything. The conversation might not go to a point where you think you're receiving an answer, but the being there is building the relationship. I don't know if this... I kind of view prayer is something is always happening in me and to me mm. when I come before God, my own, mm-hmm. my own sort of spiritual growth and capacity Yeah, because I've come to him, but I might not always feel it, mm-hmm. but I have felt it in the past so I can work through those sort of dry spells. Anybody who yeah. comes into the presence of God will at times feel his absence. That's a uh, that's the testimony of a lot of people mm-hmm. in scripture. Yeah. I don't feel you here. Job said it many times. Mm-hmm. Um, others said it. David said it. Yeah. David said, I've been talking to you for I don't know how long. I still feel in the dark. Yeah. Okay. That's part of the dynamic of dealing with a hidden mm. sort of God yeah. who... Uh, um, so it's part of mm-hmm. the dynamic. It's not always true because yeah. David will sometimes say, oh my goodness, I, right. I'm experiencing you in a way I mm-hmm. can't even imagine. So the, both exist. Yeah. We're not trying to say yeah. that feeling's not correct. Right. No, you'll have that feeling right. every now and then. And it's part of whatever God's trying to do with mm-hmm. you, in you, and to you at the time. Well, you get the end of Job versus him feeling like he's not there at all. And then he's so... So obviously there, showing himself in so many ways through right. all of creation. I think that's such a stark representation of, of the difference between those two moments. Right, and they are, um, they're both in, incredibly real. Yeah. Um, I think people on the other hand need to learn, how do I know God is present? That's mm-hmm. another question yeah. someone asked me recently um, that we'll try to address here in the coming weeks as well. I mean, okay. I definitely feel his absence, but how do I feel his presence? Yeah. It's another mm-hmm. sort of as big a question as what and, do I do with his absence? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, we need to talk about that a yeah. little bit more. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to Sunday, continuing the, the Lord's prayer text. We'll see how far we get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it won't be far. Yeah. I can tell you that. Um, hope all of you will be at Hillside this Sunday. If you have any questions that you want to submit for the next episode of the podcast, you can do so anonymously by texting Hillside Podcast 
97,000. And then we'll get to those questions next week. See you then. All right.